Yes, your boy is back. This is S. Foster from the Stolen Time Podcast. This is 28 Minutes or Less, and you are tuned into episode 10 of 10 minutes of 28 Minutes or Less. It's been a while. I haven't done this in a while. Um, your boy been, you know, really busy with doing, you know, Stolen Time Podcast and other things I've done. Um, and also, I want to mention before I get started today is there is no 28 Minutes or Less page. So, um, if you need to go follow the Stolen Time podcast page on Facebook, um, follow me at s.foster. Um, both handles are on Twitter and Instagram. Um, the subject matter today, I've been wanting to get into this for a while. I haven't, like I said, I haven't done a 28 minutes or less in a minute. Um, but I had, I had to get this off my chest. And there's two subject matters today. Number one, um, the Wu-Tang docu-series on Hulu, which has been awesome. I'm going to get into that. But the very first thing I'm going to start with today is Joker movie. Um, I gave people time to watch it, time to digest it. Um, I, I think that there is a huge conversation to be had when you're speaking about this new Joker movie. And I'm probably going to be all over the place because I got things racing all through my mind because there's a lot. And the takeaway that I took from this movie um, was basically Joker was just looking for help and kindness. And that's one of the reasons why I am the way I am today is because what, what we don't seem to understand is there is when it comes to mental health, like on the surface, a lot of the times you can't tell, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where you, you can't see it with a naked eye. And also you never know what's going on in people's personal lives. And he had a thing where the system, the system failed him. And not only did the system fail him, but he had very high expectations in someone and he got disappointed and he was shunned against the world. See, when there's something that you can't understand, people seem, seem to... You know, when they don't understand it, they don't know how to react to certain situations. And I think with the Joker, one of the things that I'm speaking on is his awkward laugh. And what he would do is he, he would laugh when he was nervous. He would laugh. It's one of those type of situations. It's something that I deal with personally in my life. He don't have mental health, but I speak about this a lot. It's my oldest son has autism and there's certain mannerism that he do that some of us other people would not do. Like one thing that he would do when he gets extremely excited or when he gets extremely mad, he don't do it as much anymore. He does it from time to time, but I think with him getting older, he don't do it as much, but he would bite his finger. And in the Joker's case is the Joker would do that awkward laugh and 
like there was a scene on the bus where this kid was, you know, he was on the bus and this kid was facing him. He was sitting in the seat backwards and he was looking at him. He started doing these funny faces at him and the kids started laughing. And the mom was like, I leave my son alone. And he was like, he started doing that awkward laugh. And, you know, he didn't know, you know, exactly what to do. Because he he didn't he didn't like that's that's the thing that he does he he just does that awkward laugh and so he gave the lady a card to explain why he was laughing like that and so then once she read the card and she was like oh you know this dude you know got some stuff so this is why he's doing that and when I say that the system failed him my kid's mom okay she worked in the mental health field. Um, She has a psychology degree or whatever. And so I was able to pick up some stuff from her that things that I probably wouldn't have been aware of if I wasn't so close to the situation. And what I seem to realize is the funding for mental health facilities is not a top priority in this country. There's not enough facilities, um, you know, Insurance companies are sketchy. And then there are a lot of people who tend to not get people the help that they need. And there was a scene when he was seeing his therapist and she had to tell him that, you know, this is going to be our last session. they cutting funding nah, 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 and all this type of stuff. And he was saying that you wouldn't understand anyway. And I think when it comes to the human mind is... People go to school for it. Like, it's, it's case studies. And I don't think there are situations where we absolutely understand the brain in every single case. Like, I think that as all of us as human beings, I think we all have certain issues. And whether we see them or we don't, or when it comes to a spouse or, you know, a mate or whatever, like... There's some things that you might not pick up or it might be something that you like, oh, you know, they tend to do that. So I don't think that she and I don't think it's her fault, but maybe the joker was right in the case of she may not understand anyway. But also at the same time, I think that those sessions being cut off and his medication being cut off is something that also took the Joker over the edge. Now, you remember when he stopped taking his medication is when he started having those visions about your girl um, from uh, Atlanta. Like his neighbor, because she stayed on the same floor. He started seeing advances from her. That I know when I was watching it, I was like, this is kind of weird. Like, what did she see in him? But at the same time, you know, people have their own preferences. It's fine. You know, maybe maybe she was attracted to him. Maybe she wasn't. But then we started to realize, you know, towards the end of the movie anyway, where they showed that he was visioning all the stuff in his head. So that is the case of him being failed by the system. Now, the system failed him because, like I said, they cut the funding and also that took away his um, his meds that he needed to be on and all that type stuff. 
And then everything started falling and crumbling from there. You look, he lost his job, you know, because he, you know, he didn't, people didn't understand him. And then you got the stupid people that when they took a sign at the beginning of the movie and he chased them down and beat them up for really no reason. And I think that when there are people that we live amongst, that we just make fun of them for no reason, I think it's silly. I think when it comes to bullying, this this is why we see the things like school shootings and mass shootings and stuff like that. It's a combination of mental health and it's also a combination of bullying, treating people the way like I've always said, you you treat it's like when it comes to a woman, you treat a woman the way you would want somebody to treat your mom or your sister, you know, um, and vice versa for the women. You know, you would want to treat a man the same way that you would want someone to treat your dad or your brother. And for people would just make fun of him. People would just beating him up for absolutely no reason. And all he wanted at the end of the day was kindness. He just wanted people. To, to just to just do do right by people. Like it's not that difficult and it's not that hard to be nice to people. Because you never know what people are going through in their regular life. And even if you don't have mental issues, you know, I have had a rough two years. You know what I'm saying? There's some days that I'm on edge and there's some days where I'm not on edge. And I don't consider myself to have mental issues, but at the same time, you never know what it can take to make someone snap. So another breaking point for the Joker is, has everything to do with Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father, of him being able to have the privilege of being rich. Now, what I don't know about the Bruce Wayne story is was Thomas Wayne was the one who started Bruce Industries or was it passed down? Now, from... (laughs) Sorry. Now, this is my interpretation of the situation. And this throws a huge... Like, this changes everything for me when it comes to the Joker. My interpretation of it is his situation with his mom was hereditary. She had mental issues. She did things to him that wasn't supposed to be done to a kid, but I don't think that she had the capabilities to know what she was doing was wrong. So she abused him as a kid, all of that type stuff, and she had him in that mental institution. And that was all because of Thomas Wayne. Now, she was working for Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne took advantage of the situation, got her pregnant. And so what he did was had her sign some papers that she had no idea that she was signing. And she he drawed up some adoption papers to make it seem like her son was adopted so it wouldn't fall back on him 
so she can actually put down that his father was Thomas Wayne. So what she did was, well, what he did was draw up the papers to say that, you know, his father was unknown, but basically the mother is too. And so when he found out that he was quote unquote adopted, he went to confront Thomas Wayne. And he was basically just telling him to leave it alone or, you know, you poor and all this type stuff. So he, he basically disregarded him. And I think that he convinced him to think that the one person that he counted on the most, the absolute one person that was the world to him, the one person that can never disappoint him, the one person that he never disappointed, the person that he trusted with his life, the only thing that he had left was his mom. And in his mind, from seeing those papers, that she wasn't his mom. Now, I don't think that he would have had the confidence to kill his mom until he killed those guys on the subway. And then when he killed those guys on the subway, that was the turning point of the Joker because he 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 was never celebrated for anything. And then all of a sudden, at the blink of an eye, him killing those dudes, there were people in the world that actually celebrated him for killing those guys. And then the strange thing was he did something that was, you know what I mean? To us, it might didn't seem right, but after he killed them, he started dancing in the, in the bathroom. And that's why I say, like, when it comes to the mind, there are things that, that that we don't seem to understand. And I think that this movie was very interesting. Now, it's a slow burn. But if you're a person that likes movies that make you think, it could be really good. Now, to some people who just looking for action, looking for things to be blown up, looking for this, looking for that, looking for the Heath Ledger Joker. This is not what you're going to get out of this movie. Now, he got the confidence from killing those two guys. And then when he got the last disappointment, the one thing that crushed him the most was finding out that, quote unquote, his mom is not really his mom. When she was in the hospital, he got the confidence to kill her. Okay, so he does that. Then it comes to him going on the show. Now, when he went on to the show, it was because the Robert De Niro character was making fun of him because he was doing stand up and. You know, saying that just because you laugh, you think everybody else is supposed to laugh. So he's basically crushing them. And so he was going over what he was going to do on the show. Now, if you watch it, it was showing that he was putting a gun up to his chin. So I think even though the Joker don't really have a lot of plans, I think that the plan that he had was to take his own life on that show. And I think that once those lights hit him, and then he kissed, he came out dancing, 
kisses that lady, sits down on the couch, his whole demeanor changes. And I think that he was, you know, getting to that point of building up that confidence to actually say what he wanted to say and then take his own life. But because the Robert De Niro character started coming at him and coming at him and saying, you know, you're making excuses, you're doing this, you're doing that. And then I think the whole mood just shifted. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to kill you now. And I think that what they did with the Joker was, I think that in a way they said, this is the makings of a killer. And I think the takeaway is just be nice to people. Like it's not that hard. Now, now we live among a lot of people who are just terrible people. Like it's just a fact. But you never know the lengths that people can take to get their point across. And I think that there were people who looked up to the Joker because they was like, well, we, we, you know, we are, we are outsiders. People don't understand us. The world has turned its back on us. You know what I'm saying? We are the ones who have been shunned. So I think. When it comes to the Joker, there was there was things that they seen in him that was more relatable than, might I say it, the Batman. Now, this puts a whole monkey wrench in the story now. Because now we're looking at it like, are you telling me all this time that the Joker and Batman are brothers? Now, I remember someone, someone, I was talking to someone about this and they said that how much, how much older is the Joker than Batman? And I think that because of all the weight and, 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 and Joaquin Phoenix is an older guy, but I think that Joaquin Phoenix was really playing someone in their 20s because this had to take place in the 80s, I believe. So I think that He's probably like, you know, 15 years older than, you know, Bruce or somewhere around that area. And and it kind of throw you off because, you know, when you think about Heath Ledger, you know, he's probably only, you know, him and Christian Bell is probably around the same age or whatever, whatnot. But I think as far as the storyline, that if they take this further with this new storyline that they created, I think that. It will be revealed to Batman that Joker is actually your brother. Now, the only way that's going to be revealed if the Joker can actually figure out that those papers was forged. It, well, it was fraudulent. The whole thing about being adopted was fraudulent. So I don't know if they're going to put that in the story and he actually figures that out. Or not. Now I know this is like a crazy like movie review. But this movie was so deep and it took so many points that I don't think that you can just take this movie and put it in a regular type of thing. Because I think that this movie has a lot to do with regular life. And I was having discussions with people when they were saying that. That the thing with the Joker, because when you look at all of the villains, I did a, a top 10 villain list 
I can't remember which episode it was. But Joker was my number one. And someone was saying that they think that the reason why people tend to gravitate towards the Joker then the Batman when it comes to the villain and the superheroes is for number one Batman is, is not a superhero he's a hero but he's a vigilante you know without the utility belt he don't really have any you know special qualities other than being rich now the Joker especially with his origin story it's like we're dealing with someone who all he wanted was kindness. He just wanted people to treat him right and to have a fair chance in this world. And he was shunned upon. So, with all of those events that I said, you know, the budget being cut, he's off his meds, mom disappoints him, Thomas Wayne disappoints him, and then the only time he got attention where he was celebrated was when he killed someone. So now he has a whole new outlook on life. I'm like, okay, so I, I tried to do things the right way. I tried to get help. I had a therapist. I was on my meds. You know, and all people did was shit on me the whole time. But when I actually killed someone, that's when I get celebrated. Now, he was going to take, you know, the quick way out, as in taking himself out when he was going on that show. But I think that because, in a way, what they did when he went on the show was, if only Robert De Niro was kind to him, he would have took himself out. He never would have shot him. Now, he would have been remembered as that one guy that went on the show and, and shot himself. But at the same time, he would have had a, a legacy. Like either way, either way, he was going to have a legacy. And because Robert De Niro's character was mean to him, everything changed and he took him out. I mean, the thing with this Joker movie, my my large takeaway is, I mean, it's one thing that I already did anyway. Because my you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what's the one thing that can make someone tick. That's just like if you watch those shows, what make a killer kill, or you know anything along those lines. It's always a situation where it's like, man, if there, there's a turning point somewhere or if someone would have treated them a certain way. Now, I'm not saying it should be excused for him taking the route that he took or for a killer actually killing someone. But the whole world would be a better place if everyone was at least kind to each other and had compassion. Now, that's the biggest thing is having compassion for others. And that was a huge thing in this Joker movie. 
Now, the crazy part about the character Joker is, like, the Dark Knight was, like, my shit. Love that movie. I thought Heath Ledger literally killed it. You know, no point intended. But I didn't realize till later that he was only in it. Like, it was like a two-hour movie. He was only in it for 30 minutes, which is crazy. He stole the scene so much that we don't even realize he was only in that movie for 30 minutes for a two-hour movie. And every scene that he was in, you was captivated by it. So I think that personally, Heath Ledger is still my favorite. But I think Joaquin Phoenix did a sensational job because in this, there was no scene that he was not in. Pretty much. Like he pretty much was in every scene. If he wasn't in something that was on the screen, like when he was watching Robert De Niro's character kill him, right? When he was doing uh, his stand-up comedy. It was going back and forth from him to the TV, from him to the TV. But like, he was literally in every scene. I think he did a real good job, man. Uh, I think that when someone does this character, it, it takes over them. And I think that Heath Ledger set so much high standard for this person that like Jared Leto didn't he, he didn't live up to it. He didn't live up to it at all. But I think that the performance in The Dark Knight was so good that I think that Joaquin Phoenix had to come up with his own things to separate himself from the Joker that Heath Ledger did. But, you know, I'm going to move on. Um, but I, I think that I think it was a, a really good movie. Um, I think that it depends on how you watch movies when it comes to the enjoyment level that you're going to have by watching it. If you're a person that don't like movies that actually make you think. Like, I'm not saying that it's a movie that's like, you know, you, you, you got to be a professor to figure it out. I'm just meaning, you know, like, for instance, like one of my favorite movies is Inception. Now, is it a great movie on screen? It's a sensational movie, but also you have to think about what's going on in the movie, too. So, at the end of the day, I think that people blew it up a little bit. It's like, okay, like, it's, it's, it's not like we never seen a great performance on screen before. Like, they, they put it out to be like, this is, you know, the best movie that's ever been in cinema. I, I wouldn't say that at all. Was it good? It was really good. But the hype that it got 
pump the brakes a little bit. All right, so the Wu Tang Doctor series. This is my biggest takeaway when it comes to this Wu Tang thing. The ego. Anytime you have a group, especially a large group like the Wu Tang Clan, you have to throw egos out of the window. And this is the reason why I'm starting with ego. Because they overcome, and, and look, and, and it's not finished yet. Like, they haven't even formed as a group yet. And there has been like eight episodes, they haven't even formed as a group yet. The whole movie started, well, the whole docuseries started with Raekwon, my favorite Wu-Tang member, shooting up Ghostface Killer's house with his moms in there and his two distant, uh, disabled brothers. Yes. Raekwon shoots up Ghostface Killer's apartment. Now, they was from two different housing projects. And Raekwon was really homeless. Like, he was sleeping at the top of a building. And then the one drug dealer guy that he works with ended up putting him in the, in, um, what do you call it? It's not a safe house. It's a um, it's basically like a drug house. Like, they would let people come in, go to this room, and do their drugs, and then they would leave or whatever. So, that basically gave him a place to stay. So... Raekwon shoots that up. Then, not only did that happen and they was beefing, but Ghostface is messing around with the Wizard's sister. Now, I don't know how people deal with you know, like me, like growing up, like my sister, one of my sisters, seven years older than me, the one sister I grew up with, seven years older than me. I gave all her boyfriends a hard time. And I don't know how I would be if a dude that I was cool with was actually, you know, with my sister or whatever. Like, it took me a long time. Like, I had one, there was one boyfriend that she had that I really liked, and that was the dude. That I'm pretty sure my sister would have married. I hope she don't mind me sharing her story. But she was dating this one dude. I'm going to leave him nameless. And I was in high school at the time. And he worked up the schedule of, you know, work three days off for, off for work three. And on his off days, he would stay with my sister. And I used to basically be with my sister like every weekend. And... So I would see him a lot. You know, he was real cool. Man, he was nice to my nephew. And he was getting ready to move in with my sister. They were getting ready to like be together, be together. So he had to go to work. And after he went to work for those days, when he came back, he was going to bring all of his stuff and he wasn't going to go back because he lived like 30 minutes away. And so on his way to work, because his cousin, he didn't drive. And his cousin used to come pick him up. So his cousin came to pick him up. And like I say, after he worked those few days, he was going to come back and move with my sister. And I think he was going to get another job or whatever. It was a while ago. So he and his cousin got in a car accident on the way there. And he passed. And it took my sister a long time to get over that. 
But at the same time, the reason I mentioned that was I didn't like any of my sister's boyfriends. Any of them. Except this one guy. And, but I think it's different when it's actually somebody that you hang out with, you set dope with. Now, I don't know what end up happening because like I said, we haven't got there yet. But I don't know how the wizard would feel if he knew that Ghostface was sleeping with his sister. Okay, now we still on the ego thing. Because you got to remember, they, they end up getting real tight. Also, when it comes to the ego thing, they had one of the most. Now, this is this hasn't been shown in this documentary, but in this docu series, but in the documentary, you know, this is where this information came from. They signed a deal with a record company as a group, but also put in there that they can individually sign to different labels as solo artists. This is the only group that's ever been done for. And let's be real. The person that is most noticeable is Method Man. I think it would go this is just my personal opinion. I think it go Method Man, The Wizard, Breakcorn, Ghostface, you know, unfortunately, ODB passed, but I think that he would have been after, you know, somebody like the Wizard. You know what I'm saying? They are, you know, some people say expect the deck and all that type of stuff, but I think that those top three guys are really the most noticeable. And they still will come back and do albums with each other. Now, the thing about this is, you know, you're seeing how they are coming up. And the one thing with Ghostface that's really wild is Ghostface, was, his mom was an alcoholic, right? And he was taking care of the two dis- disabled brothers who was in wheelchairs. I don't know exactly what they have, but they're in the, the electric wheelchair. So they're like really, really disabled. And... He held his brothers down, man. You know, he you know he, he sold weed to keep the lights on. And he didn't really want to be a rapper at first. And Raekwon was the same way. Like, the Wizards tried to get all of them to rap. But the only person that really wanted to rap was Method Man. But see, Method Man was kind of in and out. He was from a different, you know what I'm saying, a different part. So... The Wizard's trying to do his thing, and he's trying to keep convincing, you know, Ghostface. And like I say, they don't even have their names yet. Like, they're going by their governments, and, you know, the Wizard, you know, he had a record deal. And he had a song come out, but he called himself, um, uh, what was it, Hakeem, Prince Hakeem. And Method Man had a record to come out. It rung off in New York or whatever, whatnot. But he went by, he wasn't by a method man yet. But I think that for these guys, for Ghostface, and, and this is the wild part, like Ghostface and Raekwon, they did compilation albums together. So obviously they end up getting really tight. 
and Raekwon shot his apartment up with his mom and his two brothers in it. We still haven't seen the makeup yet. So I think it's going to be interesting to see the makeup. And also, when the wizard figures out, the wizard and his brother Divine, that Ghostface is sleeping with a sister. Now, the thing with sleeping with somebody's sister is it's always a complicated thing. This is why I think it's one of the things you don't do. Is because you don't know if they're going to look at it like, oh man, I'd rather it be you than anybody else because I know you'll do them right. Or they can look at it like, Dude, like, because they don't really show Ghostface with any other girl. It, it, sh- it The way it seems like in the show is that he really, really had love for his sister. And the thing is, when you hide a situation like that, you know what I'm saying? It can get complicated. But in the last episode that I seen this past Wednesday, his sister, because he... The wizard and his brother Divine stayed behind, but their mom left with their last kid's father to go move to Ohio. So his sister's gone now. His sister and his younger brother is gone. And they stand in Ohio. And they showed, the last time they showed the wizard's sister was she was throwing up in the toilet, which is a sign of her being pregnant. So I don't know if if yet i don't know yet if ghostface had a baby with the wizard sister but i'm what i'm saying is they wasn't aware of this relationship so it takes a lot of ego for people to set aside feelings when it comes to you know when it comes to ghostface how apartment getting shot up by raekwon and Ghostface messing around with the wizard sister that they actually forgive each other and let all that stuff go. I think that this this thing is really good. It's showing the come up. It's showing them, you know, selling drugs. It showed when Method Man worked at uh, Statue of Liberty and why he ended up losing his job there and how they used the Statue of Liberty place, you know, to... They had got some merch from the Statue of Liberty place and sold it to get money to buy some weed so they could start because the wizard you know was helping his, him and the vine was helping their mom out with paying the bills by selling drugs and all that type stuff so their mom was cool with it you know and I like what she said cause like there was a little argument thing that went, that went on with the wizard's mom and his younger sister by her taking drug money from her sons. And she was like, you know, when you a parent, you know, you let me know how it work out for you. And like I say, some people got to do what they got to do to survive. It's a cold world. Like, you know what I'm saying? My mom used to sell weed back in the day until she got busted. And... I'm pretty sure from her doing those type things, my mom worked in fast food... I'm pretty sure if she didn't do those things that I wouldn't have had a Nintendo. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have had a room full of games. You know, maybe I wouldn't have had the club. I mean, I had my dad too. Don't get me wrong. I was fortunate enough to where, you know, my dad always was a very active father. 
But at the same time, I think that my mom did what she had to do to survive on her own when she left my dad. You know, so I think that her taking the money from her two sons, I think that you can't judge someone's situation. I think you have to be put in a certain situation and see how you're going to pull yourself out of it. So I think that, man, this docuseries, man, I think it's really, really good, man. I, I am ready to see the outcome because I'm very interested to see how did these guys make up. And not only make up, but like they're really, really tight. And, you know, now it makes sense. When I was watching the documentary that was on Showtime, how Ghostface was, you know, he was really emotional. And I, I I look at Ghostface Killer differently now, knowing that his mom, you know, was an alcoholic and he had to do, he had to basically take care of his young brothers and he had to hustle. And then, you know, they haven't showed the part where he really, really started rapping yet. Because now I'm interested to see, like, because he was telling the wizard, like, like, dude, like, I got to make money. Like, I got to put food on my family's table, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm interested to see how he was able to balance out, you know, putting food on the table and also rapping and taking care of his brothers and looking after his mom at the same time. And to have all of that weight on your shoulders, man, like it, it is tough when you have to, you know, be the man of the house that young. And not only, you know, take care and make sure that your mom is straight and look after her because she has a drinking problem because she has a drinking problem because of his two disabled brothers. So, you know, some people just don't know how to handle those type situations. So I thought that that was, uh, I think that that's something else to keep an eye on. And I think that's why you know, I look at Ghostface differently now because it's like, man, like, you know, what this dude had to go through. And the things that he had to do just to, you know what I'm saying, just to get by. But I'm going to keep my eye on it, man. Like, man, Wu-Tang Wednesdays, man. They drop a new episode every Wednesday. I think everybody should check that out. I think it's a really, really good show. But I'm going to go ahead and end this thing. I went well over 28 minutes. Um, Like I said, it's been a while. And one thing I want to say before I give my shout-outs, I do not own the rights to this music. Um, also, you know, you know, speaking of music, shout out to Casey, my man retired on me, um, you know, he, he don't do music anymore, but, you know, still my guy, though, man, still one of my number one supporters, so always shout out to him. Shout out to the big homie, Scoots Brunson, you know, Detroit Gang of the Already Home Podcast, he dropped a new episode today, well, yesterday, actually, I listened to it today, great episode, man, keep it up. You know, he got a new format going on over there. Uh, me and him was uh, exchanging messages, messages, so you could catch me on the Already Home podcast. So be on the lookout for that. If I do, I will post it on all my social media. Um, so you can also check him out on all platforms. You know, I prefer to use Spotify, so I listen to him. <clears throat> I listen to him on Spotify, so that's one place you can check him out. Um, shout out to Free Dead Ty. You know, check him out on YouTube. Um, you know, he give out um, financial advice. So, you know, 
great stuff there. Um, also, shout out to my co-host on the Stolen Time Podcast, Uncle Washington. You know, we will be back together on the Stolen Time Podcast. We'll probably drop the episode on Friday, more than likely. So be on the lookout for that. Um, shout out to Mark. Shout out to St. Clair. Shout out to um, Jermaine. You know, and everyone who's supporting the Stolen Time Podcast in 28 Minutes or Less. Please, please, please follow, share. I would really appreciate it. I appreciate everyone who listened to the podcast, take the time out of their day to listen to the podcast. Um, And in closing, this was episode 10 of 28 Minutes or Less. Signing out. It's that.